What time is it? Game time! Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Gives it to Jenkins for the championship! Davis! Oh my god! Davis is going to run it all the way back! Auburn's going to win the football game! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of Game Time with Garrison and Garrett. I'm the host, of course, Garrison Hardy, and I'm with, as always, my co-host, Garrett Thigpen. Garrett, it's good to be back with you two weeks in a row after our big, long hiatus. I know. We are just the masters of consistency at this point. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm proud of us. We're doing, we're, we're doing great. We're doing, we're doing super good here, and uh, we've got a lot to get through here. And yeah, yeah so... Uh, for the folks at home, here's what we got. We got a week nine recap. Then we've got a look ahead at week 10, of course. But we've also got a spicy rant from the likes of Dabo Sweeney. It's some tough times down in Clemson. But if you guys haven't heard the rant, stay tuned. It's pretty epic. And and Garrett and I are in agreement on this one. Unlike our, our bitter fight Indeed. with Michigan last week i still haven't recovered. <laughs> we gotta get back to that i mean oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, stay tuned stay tuned maybe maybe more to come as uh, the ncaa makes their decisions there but let's uh let's look at uh, old week nine here garrett uh, there was some stuff that happened last week you know we touched on one game that was uh in the headlines was kansas and oklahoma we kind of touched on that and we both agreed that oklahoma was going to go into kansas and get the win and um that's what happened moving on no kidding kansas <laughs> decided to shock the world and i feel stupid for doubting them because i i don't know if you rem- remember this garrett but i said that i thought kansas could jump out to like a 14 nothing lead and but then oklahoma would would get their feet under them and be fine and kansas did just that except they won 38 to 33 Kansas knocks off previously unbeaten Oklahoma. Um, wow. What what are your thoughts here, Garrett? Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously picked Oklahoma. I We saw what Kansas did against uh, Texas a few weeks ago. They got destroyed. Right. And I honestly didn't expect much more against Oklahoma. I mean, Kansas, they're, they're a solid team. Um, and maybe the poor weather conditions played a factor in it, but Oklahoma's offense, they, you know, they were up 21-17 at halftime, and then the second half, they just couldn't do anything. Um, only 12 points, and, you know, we we talked about a little bit last week how their defense was going to be a big question mark for them the mm-hmm. past few weeks. They hadn't played really well, and, you know, Kansas put up 38 points against them. Uh, but I just thought Oklahoma's offense was going to be able to... I thought their defense was good enough to allow their offense to to win the game for him each week. And right. it really wasn't the case. Like I said, that second half, they got two touchdowns, but you know, you know, with, with how poor their defense has been playing, that just wasn't enough. And down the stretch, I really thought Oklahoma had it because, uh, they went down through a stretch where their defense got back to back interceptions, uh, mm-hmm. or interceptions on back to back drives. And I thought that was going to be enough to allow them to, uh, to get back in the game, but it, it just wasn't the, the offense kept stalling out, you know, so many punts, uh, turnovers and they just, yeah, the second half they weren't able to get it done. So, right. Uh, I mean, 
shout out to Kansas. That was uh, a huge win, snapping a huge loss streak against Oklahoma. I forget the exact number. It was it was sixteen or eighteen, 18 in a row. Correctly, eighteen in a row against Oklahoma. So, yeah, big win for them. Uh, I wish the student section had showed up a little bit. They yeah. showed the stands, and because they had a long uh, weather delay, like I said, it was poor weather. Right. I don't know. If, you know, maybe that played a factor in slowing down Oklahoma's offense, but. A lot of the sta- uh, a lot of the student section had left and just mm-hmm. never came back. I mean, it was late in the fourth quarter, a tight game, and half the stadium was empty. Right. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of people were kicking themselves for missing that game, leaving early. But um, I mean, either way, huge win for the Kansas program, and a, a disappointment yeah. for Oklahoma, who had title hopes. And I don't know. I would say you know they still got a chance if uh, to to potentially get a rematch against uh texas get another win against them but even then i don't right. i don't know if that's enough to, to get back in the conversation so definitely disappointing to to beat texas and then come out and lose to kansas right right and and i i gotta give a tip my cap to uh coach leopold over at kansas i mean this guy is nine and two at home as the kansas head coach and uh, just you just get the sense that we're not in kansas anymore uh, but it's but 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 we are and there this is just a different program with a different moxie to it and you know that I get it, that Kansas there that Texas game excuse me was bad where it was forty to fourteen and they just got steamrolled uh, in Austin but it just you, you never get the sense that their uh, confidence is shaken with this program and it Coach Leopold has just instilled a different mindset to the program and we saw that on the field to where even though things were not going their way at numerous points during this game I mean there were back-to-back interceptions like you mentioned I was thinking oh well it's over that's unfortunate they they were doing so well and and now they've shot themselves in the foot and here come the Sooners you know they're fine Um, but they they kept going back at Oklahoma and that they were able to come out with a win here so big win for the program Again, breaking that 18-year streak against Oklahoma. And uh, now Kansas find themselves ranked, um, if I'm not mistaken here. Um, Yeah, I think they're 23rd in the new poll. There you go. So big stuff happening in Kansas. And hey, that's a program on the rise. We've mentioned it on the show before, but um, they're getting a revamped stadium, uh, just a new investment into that program of football. And that's all thanks to Coach Leopold. So there you go. Kansas football on the rise. And that takes us to uh, a team that is not on the rise. What happened to the Utes, Garrett? I mean, Oregon rolls in and dominates Utah 35-6. to And I, I don't know about you, but we both picked Oregon. And we thought, you know, Oregon was going to be able to do some stuff here and, and really show why they're elite. But I guess I didn't. I didn't see this coming <laughs> 35 to six. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't say I saw, you know, this, uh, big of a blowout coming, but I definitely expected Oregon to come out and win pretty handily. I'm a big fan of Oregon. I yeah. think that if I was, ba- if I was basing my top four teams, just based on who I think the four best teams in the country are, I would put Oregon in there. I know they mm. lost Washington, but I, I still think they're one of the four best teams. And yeah. Yeah, I think they made a, I mean, that's a statement win. Utah came off, you know, putting up 34 points against USC. 
Um, no matter what you think about USC, they're still a really good team. And to, to beat them, obviously, on the road is still impressive. Right. So I think people, I mean, I feel like Utah had a lot of momentum. People were really thinking, okay, this team could compete for a Pac-12 title. And Oregon just slammed the door in their face on that one. And I think really, or I think they're going to be playing very motivated after that Washington loss. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I think you, Oregon just came out, showed that they're such a complete team. Like we've talked about in the weeks past, you know, Bo Nix is playing great. They are one of the best running teams in the country. Uh, they play really smart football. They don't turn it over. They play great defense. Uh, they just have everything that you want in a team. And uh, like I said, I, I would not be, I, if it were up to me, I would put them in the playoffs probably at this point in time. Right. And, you know, they're going to potentially get a chance at a rematch against Washington in the Pac-12 championship game later down, uh, down the line. So um, I think they've definitely got a path for it still. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And um, it, uh, this Oregon team, I mean, uh, they have the second best offense in the country right behind LSU. Uh, they uh, We're talking about 7.81 yards per play, 47 offensive touchdowns, 531 yards a game behind LSU's 552. And defensively, they're 16th in the country as far as total cum- cumulative defense. And it, that... I knew Utah's offense was probably going to run into some trouble against this defense. It was much different than USC's defense, that's for sure. And it, we, I, I maybe didn't see that coming, six points. But, man, right. I, it, it just a reminder that, no, Oregon's defense is legit, too. And yep. um, it, this, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think after that game, I would... If we're doing, if we're going off like power rankings here, like we're talking about, right, I, right, I would right. I would put Oregon at you know at four ahead of Washington, and this is after Washington. Mm-hmm. I, after I've been heaping so much praise on the Huskies and whatnot, they've kind of looked mediocre the last couple of weeks. We'll talk about them in a sec. Um, right, but this Oregon team is just peaking at the right time. Yes, they lost to the Huskies in Seattle uh, in a, a great game, and I'm not trying to. Uh, take a dump on the Huskies here or anything either. They've had a great season too, but Oregon's just, they just look like a different caliber right now. So I'm, I'm with you there. I would put them at number four in the power rankings that we're talking about here. Um, Mm -hmm. And speaking of number four here, if we're just doing a quick recap, Florida state, they beat Wake Forest 41 to 16. So they're still kind of humming along. And uh, what are your kind of overall thoughts on, on the Seminoles? I mean, the, they, to, to you, are still are they still a top four team? Uh, I think so. I think that they've got an easy, you know, assuming that they can win out. We thought that they would have a really tough uh, matchup in the ACC championship game. We thought maybe North Carolina was going to come in. Uh, potentially undefeated, but they've had some uh, some losses since then. So I don't see anyone really too threatening for them the rest of the way. Right. Uh, they've got to play Miami, and they've got to end the season at Florida, which will be a tough one. But I expect them to be pretty heavy favorites the rest of the way out. And you know, a big uh, you know they had the big win over LSU, mm-hmm. which thrust them into that top four conversation. And then after that, I mean, which. Again, that was a statement win. They they really blew them out, and they already had high expectations coming into the season. But then after that, they had a lot of close close calls against Boston College, Clemson, and people started to question, 
uh, just because of close wins, whether this was a legit team or not. Right. And since then, they've been just dominating everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. They're winning by 22, 38, 18, and then 25 against Wake Forest. So, yeah, they're coming out and they're just kind of, you know, they're not messing around. They're putting people uh, away pretty quickly. And that's kind of what they have to do in the ACC. It, there's not a lot of competition on the schedule. Um, like I said, the rest of the way, they got Pitt, Miami, North Alabama, Florida. All These are all games that they should win pretty handily. Right. And so, and, I, and they've, they've given me confidence the last four weeks that they're going to do that. So, yeah, I really yeah. like Florida State. Jordan Travis is playing really well. Uh, they've got a great defense. They got great weapons outside, like Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, and I think I don't I don't like them as much as Oregon. Mm-hmm. Prob- I think, I, I, but I do think that they're very similar and that they're a very complete team. I think they can beat you all sorts of ways, and um, I think that assuming they went out the rest of the way, I would have them in my top four as well. Yeah, and uh, like you said, they've got a great path to doing so. You know, Pitt, Miami. North Alabama, and it, I do think they should beat Florida handily. Oh, I'm talking a couple touchdowns here, but that atmosphere in the swamp, November 25th, I I look forward to watching that one. Rivalry week, you know, it mm-hmm. a lot of great history in between that Florida and Florida State rivalry. And I don't know if you were, if I've told you this, Gary, but I went to a Florida State Florida game in Tallahassee. This was back with uh, really? with Chris Winky when he was at quarterback. Oh, wow. And this was, I think Tebow was on the team, if I'm not mistaken. It was, um, who was the quarterback that started ahead of Tebow for one year? I can't remember. Is is it Chris Leak? Leak. That sounds familiar for whatever reason. I'm not sure if that was then. Anyways. It might be. I'm not sure. Regardless. That's that's a little early for me. Sure. Yeah. And it kind of a random memory here but uh man that was just the atmosphere of it as a little kid i thought it was so cool when we were doing the oh oh, oh," but nowadays it's it's just kind of (laughs) annoying all right all right you've done it 55 (laughs) times you had a gain of two on that last player why are we doing it anyways um there's there's your little uh history there florida would win that game by the way that has no bearing on this florida state team though because you just you mentioned the just the weapons that Jordan Travis has at his disposal, Keon Coleman and Jordan Jordan Wilson are like assassins on the outside, and they just pretty much ended that Clemson game. It, to me, that just showed how deadly that Florida State is through the air. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I agree. Still, still a very big threat here in the playoffs as they approach. Uh, moving on. This was kind of a dud of a game, if I'm being honest. Louisville shuts out Duke 23 to nothing. And, and Garrett, this is something we highlighted. I mean, with, with Duke, with Duke's quarterback being banged up as he is, it just, it just didn't even seem like a fair fight from the get go. Yeah. Riley Leonard was just not himself. You could tell. Um, and a, a bit, you know, we mentioned it last week. Such a big part of his game is his rushing ability. Right. And that was a non-factor in this one. So, and Louisville knew that. They shut down the run. Duke averaged 2.4 yards a carry. Um, mm-hmm. Their leading rusher, Jordan Waters, he had five carries for 23 yards. Huge um, day. And they just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a lot going there. 202 right, total know, yards, by the way. Yeah, 202 total yards. Riley Leonard, nine for 23 passing with one pick. 
Mm. Um, yeah, they just couldn't get anything going offensively. Shut out. And Louisville was able to run the ball very effectively. And that's, that's what they wanted to do. Uh, just play good defense, shut down Duke's rush, and uh, run the ball themselves. And yeah. they did that really well. Jordan, Jordan, 21 carries, 163 yards, two touchdowns. Um, just a very old-fashioned beatdown, pretty much. Right. And yeah, I think Riley Leonard, if he's healthy, maybe that game is a little different. But uh, you know, just an unfortunate injury for him. But yeah, um, Louisville silently. Uh, I was just gonna say a little bit under the radar, but they're seven to one, second in the ACC, and you know they might win out and get a shot at Florida State in the ACC championship at this rate. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a sneaky good season still going on for Louisville. Yeah, I mean, listen to their schedule. They take on Virginia Tech next week. Virginia, by the way, both Virginia schools have got to be some of the worst. It just, I don't know. Virginia Tech's not what it used to be. They're four and four, but that's just that's just weird to hear Virginia Tech and think four and four. Nobody talks about them anymore. Mm-hmm. Then you got Virginia, yeah. and let's see who else. I just backed out of their schedule. Um, Miami at Miami, still very winnable, um, and. Kentucky at home they've got three of their last four games at home and to me that's where Louisville is best at home I mean the, the some of their losses have come on the road uh, like Pittsburgh randomly they lost by 17 there so I don't I still don't know if I trust this Louisville team but they're, like you said they're seven and one uh, you could be looking at a 10 and one or 11 and one kind of finish here uh, depending on how these last four weeks finish out. Really, really interesting stuff. And then they're off to the ACC championship game, probably. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you there, yeah. You look at, yeah, they performed really poorly on the road. Their two worst games this year were the Pitt game, obviously, which they lost by 17. Uh, that's a shocker. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. They should never lose that game. Right. And then they really struggled against NC State on the road as well. Um, they only put up 13 points. Luckily, NC State, uh, it has like the worst offense of all time. Could not move the ball <laughs> at all, and could only put up ten points against them, or they probably would have lost that game too. So, right. yeah, I mean, those are their only two real road games so far this year, and both of them they really struggled in. So, yeah, they got you know Virginia Tech and Virginia at home. I definitely expect them to win those games, and then at Miami is going to be the, you know, probably their toughest test left. Um, right. I think Kentucky at home. Uh, Kentucky's okay. They've struggled recently, but uh, yeah, I mean, I could easily see them heading down uh, to those last two games uh, with a nine and one record. Yeah. So yeah, definitely in a good spot to uh, make it to the ACC championship game. Right. Well, there you go, folks. Keep your eye on Louisville and number three, Ohio state. They go into Madison, Wisconsin and pick up a 24 to 10 win and Garrett, I, if I could describe Ohio State in a word this year, sleepy comes to mind. <laughs> they just, I don't know, gr- yeah. grind. They just go in and grind out these wins and just don't look flashy at all. Kyle McCord, he didn't have a great day. 17 of 26, 226, two touchdowns, two picks. Travion Henderson, though, he's back. And boy, did he come back with a vengeance. 162 yards off 24 carries and a touchdown. And then Marvin Harrison's just doing what Marvin Harrison does, you know, over 100 yards once again, two touchdowns. And uh, Ohio State goes into Madison, tough place to play, and beats the Badgers 24 to 10. Are are you still a believer in this Ohio State team? 
I am. I think that it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, whoever wins that Ohio State-Michigan game, assuming that they, you know, each of them went out ahead of then, um, I think winner of that gets into the playoffs easily. And, you know, it's hard to really com- compare because I Michigan just looks so good. Right. And I mean, they steal signs. You know, what do you expect? Exactly. They're a bunch <laughs> of dirty cheaters. Um, so they should be disqualified. But <laughs> assuming that nothing happens to them this year, at least, um, I still think, you know, as much as I believe in Ohio State, it's just going to be really tough because I don't predict them to beat Michigan. So it's hard for me to right. put in the playoffs or predict them in the playoffs. Um, but funnily enough, um, as we were uh, starting the podcast, the first college football playoff rankings came out. Ooh. And breaking uh, news. Who, without looking, who do you think's number one? Without looking, I feel like it's. I feel like you're going to say Ohio State, but my gut tells me Michigan. See, I would put Georgia or Michigan at number one. They've got Ohio State number one. Wow. In the first college football playoff ranking. So, you know, I think that what that tells you, because it's always a big debate on what criteria these people are using to come up with their lists. Uh huh. And to me, that really tells me they're putting uh they're putting a lot of emphasis on earning that spot because right. you look at someone like you look at georgia and michigan i don't think anyone would argue that they're the two best teams in the country sure but they haven't had a great schedule ohio state's got wins over you know at notre dame and penn state yeah. so probably the two best wins of any team in the country so obviously they're, they're putting a lot of value on that and uh putting ohio right. state number one when a lot of people from the eye test uh, have agreed that you know like me and you have talked about in the past they're really not they don't look like a dominant team right uh at least on the box score you know they're not blowing teams out yeah uh, their offense isn't as flashy or strong as some of these others but their mm-hmm. defense is really good and i think that like you said they really grind out these games they dominate the time of possession they run the ball well they've got great running backs travion henderson was out the last few weeks he's back he looks as good as ever and Kyle McCord, he, this isn't a good example against Wisconsin. He threw two picks, uh, but generally he's been pretty solid enough to where he's able to run the offense and put up points. He, rem- um, he reminds me of an AJ McCarron. Yeah, he's a game manager for sure. He's not, they're not asking him to go out there and win the game, right? Um, but for the most part, you know, we talk about their offense being poor. They're still putting up thirty-two and a half points per game. That's sure. the, with a defense as good as theirs, that's going to win them most games. So, um, and you know, they're passing for almost 300 yards a game. They're, they're yeah. able to get it done. I don't, you know, as much as I don't think Kyle McCord's amazing, they've got the weapons and they've got the run game, the offensive line that they're able to do it. Right. We'll see, um, you know, against Penn state and Notre Dame, they were only able to put up 20 and 17 points. And, if they face an offense, let's say they say, face someone like uh, an Oregon who's got a great defense, but their offense can put up 30, 40 points on anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might have a different conversation, but, you know, to me, you know, they're, I expect them to win at Rutgers this week. And, you know, they got Michigan State, Minnesota. I think they have an easy, well, easy way to where it's just going to be against Michigan to make yeah. the playoffs. And, I don't know. It's that's that's a tough game for me. Uh, I would still probably pick Michigan at this point. They just look so good. But right, um, 
you know, that's not to knock Ohio State. I still think that they're a really, really good team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I and just looking at Ohio State's offense, as far as national rankings are concerned, they're fortieth in the country. As far as total cumulative offense, for they're putting up four twenty eight point eight per game. And again, just talking about an offense like, say, Oregon or heck, Georgia. Georgia comes into this ranked fourth as far as offense. Granted, like we've talked right. about, Georgia hasn't who have they played? You know, that it, it comes into question. Um, it, so um, my concern for Ohio state, I just, I look at some, I keep, I keep bringing up Oregon here, but Bo Nix, I mean, there's a guy who's not going to be rattled by anything. The defense throws at him. He's got 56 starts under his belt. He made a Utah defense that is having a fantastic year in their own right. I mean, as far as defensive rankings are concerned, Utah's 18th, you know, two spots behind or one spot behind Alabama as far as cumulative defense is ranked and uh, for it. So uh, all that to say, I just think I just would take a quarterback that I know is going to go out and execute and find the right guy over. Well, they have a great defense. Now here's what I, here's where I will tip my cap to Ohio state. This stat is still insane to me. They've only given up one play of over 20 yards this season. One play. That, that is incredible. Absolutely insane. And then no plays of 40 yards plus, which, by the way, we brought that up of the Michigan game last year. They gave up three 40-plus yard plays in that Michigan game in one game last year. So they clearly came in this season with a new identity of we're not going to give up the big plays. And they they've... They've grinded it out to their credit. They've stuck to that game plan. So, you know, I I, I sit here saying, well, I don't think they're going to do it. But I, I also I just have to tip my cat and respect that um, as well. So, you know, I still right. I still think Ohio State presents an interesting challenge ahead for some of these teams. And you know, I guess we just have to circle that calendar for that Michigan game, the game. Um, I, I, can, I look forward to watch. I'm going to be watching that one. That's for sure. So. Right, right, right. Um, And then just really quickly, before we move on to Clemson and the rant, number five Huskies, they didn't look too great, Garrett. They they survived Stanford 42 to 33. Like Michael Penix Jr., you know, he put up great numbers, of course. But are we seeing the chink in Washington's armor at this point? I mean... It's definitely, you know, the last two weeks since the Oregon game have been close, a little close for comfort, Mm -hmm. Uh, both in different ways, though. Arizona State, they only put up 15, and luckily their defense held Arizona State to seven. This week, they got into a little bit of a shootout, and the defense gave 33 to Stanford. Um, But, I mean, the Stanford offense, they've been putting up points on a lot of people. I don't think it's, you know, they they put up a, let me see, they 40 something against, against Colorado. Colorado they put up 43 but then again again UCLA held them to seven yeah so it it's it's a little bit concerning the fact that these last two weeks haven't been great for them but if we're going to give that same kind of leeway to someone like Florida State struggling a little bit right I think it's fair to say you know teams are going to have games which they struggle to win Georgia and they're you know, back-to-back title season struggled in games too. Um, you know, it happens. 
it's a little more concerning that it's happening at this point in the season right when they should be firing all cylinders um but i don't think it's i don't think it's anything for me to say that they're going to be losing one of these games to uh an inferior opponent you know mm-hmm They've got USC this week. They've got Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. A really tough schedule coming up. I still am pretty confident in them to win these games. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only area where I would say it concerns me a little bit is the fact that part of my reasoning for why they they beat Oregon, but I'll still put Oregon ahead of Washington in terms of, I think, I just think Oregon's a better team still. Uh, Their game was a three-point game. It was a shootout probably whoever had the ball last was going to win mm-hmm. uh even though you know they missed the kick but um i just think that oregon and the games outside of that one have been a lot more dominant and so in that regard yes i do think it hurts them and where if it's where you go in power rankings it moves them down a little bit right um but and, and the college football playoffs by the way they they ranked them ahead of oregon still they're Washington's oh interesting fifth oregon sixth so, you know, if we're again, if we're looking at the way the criteria look as of now, I don't think that's hurt them yet. And mm-hmm. I think that the I think it's fine that they've struggled in those games because they've kind of got those games out of the way. The rest of the way they're playing, you know, really solid teams, USC, Utah, Oregon State. And so far they've showed up against them. We saw what they did against Oregon. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I'm pretty confident in them still. I'm still going to be picking them the rest of the way. It's um. So yeah, I, I don't. It's not anything for me to worry about personally. Yeah, and they're just their offense is just so elite. I mean, this is this is probably as far as weapons are concerned, one of the best looking offenses. I'd put them up there close with Florida State as far as a team where I just think, man, I if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm staying up late. You know, right. um, they're fifth in the country as far as cumulative offense is concerned. 40 offensive touchdowns, five over 500 yards a game. That's 30 less than Oregon. That's crazy. Um, that's seven less touchdowns than Oregon as well. Uh, but still, just an incredible season that's been put on display by these Huskies. Penix has weapons all over the field. They're balanced on offense. Uh, they're, they're also just keep you off balance with the way that they run their offense and their defense. Still, I'm more comfortable with their defense than say USC where I just, Oh, for sure. Their defense is a turnstile yeah. and more on that in a second here. Um, so again, Huskies still probably have a great shot at pushing for the playoff. It's going to come down to them and Oregon out of that pack. 12 is that it. And then this is actually a question here. I honestly don't know is this year, the Pac-12 just taking the top two teams to the Pac-12 championship, or is it still North and South? No, I'm pretty sure they're just taking top two this year. I don't think I think they got rid of the divisions. Good. I'll oh. we'll check it just to be positive. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure as far as I'm aware, they switched it. Uh, yeah, they'll now feature the top two teams from the regular season, no matter division. Good. Yeah. Well, it, just in time for the conference to fall apart. But uh, I, they, it's, good, it's about time they've done that because there's been numerous seasons where the North or, or, or the South had the best matchup. And I'm sitting here thinking, really, yeah. we got to watch this? Um, Big Ten I, has that problem now. Yeah, so. it, honestly. And the you know, 
both all conferences should consider this. So, yeah. um, in any case, Washington and Oregon, that's going to be if 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 the schedule holds out as we think it's going to, man, that's another game I I very much look forward to. Um, well, before we look ahead at next week, did you guys see that Clemson Clemson by the way lost again? They're now 4 and 4. This is the worst that they've been since Dabo's first couple of seasons, really. And it, so it's some it's been quite some time. And a fan of Clemson decided to call in on Tiger Calls radio show. A man named Tyler from Spartanburg confronted Sweeney during the call about his dissatisfaction with the Tigers 4 and 4 record and recent loss to NC State. There you go, Garrett. Uh the caller mm-hmm. spoke for about two and a half minutes saying that Sweeney's recent comments about the team's performance reminded him of Sweeney's predecessor, Tommy Bowden, and questioned why Clemson pays Sweeney 10.8 million dollars to go Four and four. Sweeney's five-minute response echoed his recent comments about his radio on his radio show about ninety-eight point five percent of Clemson fans being supportive, while the other one point five creates a lot of problems. And we're gonna play this whole clip for you right now. We'll go off to Spartanburg and bring Tyler into the program. Tyler, hope that you're doing well. You're up with Coach. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate everything you said, Coach Coach Winnie. Um, it sounded a whole lot like Tommy Bowden. And I'll tell you one thing, Tommy Bowden didn't make the same amount of money as you do. You make $11.5 million a year. Um, that's second in college football, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm curious uh, why that salary has led to a 4-4. Four and four. And I know we're going to talk about you know, just being a couple plays away from undefeated and all that. Um, and I know you're a man of religion. I'm, I'm a big fan, Coach. Um, before you, you categorized me as a, you know, being in the 1.5%, I was going to Clemson games and my entire family going back generations has been going to Clemson games before, you know, when you were in commercial real estate. So I don't. I'm, I'm not going to accept being in that 1.5%. Um, and I, I respect the fact that you're a man of faith. Um, I'm curious uh, if you've ever read Proverbs 16, 18, which talks about pride coming before the fall. Um, I used to, I, I was in the military and I uh, I uh, was overseas for the big run. Um, and so I, I couldn't, couldn't watch all the games. I tried my best and but I always watched your press conferences uh, just for life advice, and I appreciated all that. Something changed after 2018. Um, you're, you're humble, you're hungry, and everything. And I, I always told people, man, Dad, but just listen to his press conferences. But after that 2018 national t- title, something changed. And there seems to be a lot of arrogance that came in. Um, there was a lot of friends and family. I mean, three of the ten on-field football coaches are external, experienced hires. Everyone else was an internal hire that had no experience before or was a former player um, or friend. So I'm curious, why are we paying you $11.5 million to go 4-4? Four and four? And it's not just this year. It's been, it's been, you know, just the refusal to accept 
what's his name? Tyler. Hey, Tyler. I've, I've listened this to Tyler. enough of you, Tyler. Listen, uh, hey, you can you can have all your opinions that you want. All right. I don't know how old you are. Don't really care. All right. But let me tell you something. Uh, we won 11 games last year, and you're part of the problem. To be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that. All you do is ex- the appreciation. The expectation is greater than the appreciation, and that's the problem. And so, you know, we've won 12 10-plus win year, seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So if you want to know why, Clemson ain't sniff a national championship for 35 years. We've won two in seven years. And there's only two other teams that can say that, Georgia and Alabama. Okay? Is this a bad year? Is this a – Yeah. And it's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read, listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want. And you can apply for the job. And good luck to you. All right? But to answer your question, all right, we're second in draft picks. We've graduated 98% of our guys. We're second in wins. All right? We, we, if you, you want to know why, again, I'm telling you, we're not perfect. There's a lot of teams that, you know, Frank Howard never had a bad year. Coach Ford never had a bad year. Nobody's Coach K has never had a bad year in basketball. People have a bad year. But the part of the problem is the appreciation. I used to tell people all the time, they'd say, what's the difference in Clemson? Let me tell you, at, Cle- at some places there's an expectation, but at Clemson there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is, is we've won so much that even when we, it used to be the funds and the winning. Now, even when you win, people like you complain and criticize the coaches and question everything. You, you, people like you, all right, when I hired Tony Elliott to be the offensive coordinator who never called a play in his life, I'm sure you were critical then. All right, and he took us to two national championships. People like you who just destro- love to, to destroy people with your comments, all right? I'm sure you've never made any bad decisions. I'm sure you've lived a perfect life. I'm sure you've never, I'm sure you've led a bunch of people. I'm sure you do your job in front of, so to answer your question, I started as the lowest paid coach in this freaking business, all right? And I'm where I am because I've worked my ass off every single day. And I ain't gonna let some smart ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. So if you got a problem with that, I don't care, all right? It, I work for, for the board of trustees, the president, and the AD. And if they're tired of me leading this program, all they got to do is let me know. I'll go somewhere else where there is an appreciation, all right? It's not just winning. It's how you win. And we are in a – this is a tough year. But we've had 12, 12, 10-plus win seasons in a row. 12. We lost to Tennessee last year. They won 11 games for the first time in like 20 years. We've had eight, 11 win seasons in, in whatever, 11 years or whatever. We've won two national championships. Clemson went 35 years, all right, probably since before you were born, your whole freaking life. And we've won two in seven years. And we earned it. And we beat the best of the best to do it. The best of the best. 12, 10 plus win seasons. So if you want to know why, that's why. Am I perfect? Nope. I'm far from it. I am a, and I am a man of faith. Absolutely. All right? I'm 53 years old, and there ain't one thing in my life. I, now, I have, I have been a part of failure many times, 
but there ain't one thing in my life that I've ever failed at, Tyler. Never. All right? Ever. I wanted to get an education. I got two degrees. I wanted to be the first college of my graduate with my family. I did it. I wanted to go play football at Alabama. I earned a scholarship, letter three years, worked my ass off, won a national championship. I wanted to get into coaching. I worked my way to being a head coach. And when I got this job, and I'm sure you didn't want me to get this job, all right, and 15 years later, I'm still here, and I'd say the results are what they are, and I stand on them. So you don't ever have to call back. I, I, I wanted to get married. I've been married for going on 30 years. I wanted to be a father. I've raised three great sons. If you don't like how I run the program, don't be a fan. I don't care. But I'm the head coach, and I'm going to do what I believe is right for the long term of this program, what's best for the players, and what I think is best for the moment. If you got a problem with that, that's fine. But you know, I'm not going to sit, you sit here and let you call. I don't give a crap how much money I make. You ain't going to talk to me like I'm like I'm 12 years old. You'll be freaking kidding me. Amen. I like it. I like it. Billy from... Man. I, Dabo came out swinging, Sweeney. And uh, just, just for the folks at home, uh, his career record in 16 years at Clemson, 165 and 43. That's good for almost an 80% win percentage. His bowl record in 19 games, 11 and 8. And Garrett, to his point, I, I take Dabo's side in this personally. I mean, before before Dabo, Clemson <laughs> hadn't been really relevant in 30-some-plus years. Probably before that kid was even born, to, to Dabo's point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you touched on it. Um, you know, under Dabo, they've had 12 straight 10-win seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, it had been 20 seasons in a row without 10 wins. Uh, so, yeah, they were really struggling before he came along. He led them to six straight college football playoff appearances, two national titles. Um I mean, yeah, his his coaching record is just ridiculous, right? Um, yeah, and uh, let, let me just one, two, three, four, five, six straight seasons as well, where they've hit number one overall in the AP poll. So, mm. I mean, they, you know, two years ago, you've been talking about them in Alabama as the premier dynasties of this generation. Yeah. And I mean, it was, I mean, it seemed like every year it was them and Bama in the title and to be two years removed and people talk about, oh, they've been so bad the last few years. They won 11 games last year, you know, and that was, that was, that was considered terrible. Now, all of a sudden they, uh, such a a falling off of the Clemson program and they went 11 and three. Right. And they finished 13th overall. And they lost to a great Tennessee team, by the way. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, one bad season and, and, and people want to, you know, question whether you even deserve the contract you got. I think it's ridiculous. Now, if you want to talk about, uh, you know, maybe things have to change with the transfer portal or the NIL right. if they want to continue the success. Um, Sure, I think that's worth asking. But in the middle of their first bad, potentially bad season in, you know, 15 years. I think it's a little, you know, the tone, the way the question was asked, 
just the attitude by a lot I've seen for a lot of Clemson fans towards Dabo turning on him so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's way too reactionary and way too too much of a knee jerk reaction. Yeah, um, I think he's definitely. I think I just think he's earned a little more leeway in right. my opinion. Right. I I'm trying to think back to another coach where a fan base turned so quickly on him and and, you know maybe it has to do with some of the comments that he's had regarding the transfer portal regarding nil to where maybe he's alienated a portion of the fan base to where they're you know they're they're saying no this isn't good for the direction of the program so they're coming at him a little bit more strongly perhaps but Mm -hmm. i can't think of another coach that has had a similar stint of success maybe that's because in my lifetime he's one of the few that has had this much success I, I can't think of another coach where a fan base has turned so quickly after one bad season, after so much sustained success. I mean, that is such a hard thing to do in college football is to be this successful for that long and have an eight, almost right. an 80% win rate in over 200, in 208 total games, 16 years at Clemson, 208 games. He's won 165 of them. I mean, 11 and 8 in bowls, two national championships within the last seven years, when in the previous however many, 30, nothing. There was nothing. Uh, so, yeah. I'm just, I, I, I'm shocked. I don't know. I, I'm shocked yeah. at the question, and I'm more disappointed in that. Uh, maybe it is that 1.5% that he mentioned, but I, I'm just like, Clemson, you don't know what you have. I, I would give anything to have Dabo here in the Palouse. I'm just saying. Yeah, and um, like we said, if they want to question his attitude towards the transfer portal, um, maybe that's that's worth questioning. But it, it right. feels like this was more than that. This mm-hmm. was more, you know, he's coming after whether he deserves getting a massive contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and it feels like, you know, if we're talking about massive contracts, I feel like more people um, are questioning Dabo after one four and four start to a season then our question even Jimbo Fisher, who <laughs> right. has not had an ounce of the success that Dabo has had over the last 15 years. And it's like, yeah, I just think that, yeah, you've got, I, I would, you know, obviously you don't do it this way. You don't say, all right, we'll take this and uh, you can suck for 10 more years because you've earned it with how good you've been. Right. Obviously, you know, that's not how it works, but to me, uh, if I'm Clemson fans, I'm satisfied. And if they want to take, if it takes a couple years to figure out NIL, or maybe it takes a, a period of rebuilding and revamping, uh, the coaching staff, getting new recruits in, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting a foothold in the transfer portal, whatever. Uh, I would not be coming after Davo calling for his job or yeah. saying he's overpaid. I think that's excessive. I think that what he's done there has well earned him uh being one of the highest paid coaches i concur well there you go folks i just thought we had to include that rant in this show well done Dabo. moving on uh i guess we should now's the time to shift gears as we look ahead at week 10 we're already at week 10 garrett this is insane it, it happy happy november everyone by the way and uh, you, you guys getting ready for christmas here we go uh, week 10 and you know what why don't, seeing as we just brought up Clemson 
Let's just touch on 12th ranked Notre Dame going to Clemson. Just off your gut feeling, Garrett, do you think Notre Dame, or do you think Clemson that is has a shot at knocking off the Fighting Irish? I mean, Notre Dame has had some hiccups here and there on the road. I mean, they lost to Louisville on the road, and could we see that in Death Valley? Yeah, I mean, I think that this Clemson team is talented enough to where any game is winnable. I mean, we saw them almost beat, and you could argue should have beaten Florida State at home. Yeah, um, and then you know. The Miami loss at Miami lost by eight at state last week. They lost by seven. It's funny because their losses, we talked about the Duke one earlier in the year and how fluky that was, how they outgained Duke by so many yards. They outgained Florida State and lost to them. And they, you know, if, you, if you're just looking at the, the stats from last week against NC State, uh, they outgained NC State 364 to 202. Um, mm. And it's just, you look at all these, they're, they're winning in the box score. But they're not, they're just, they're losing the game. Turnovers being the main problem. Right. Um, and it's just stuff like that that's costing them games. So, you know, if they play a, a, if they play a clean game in terms of, you know, penalties and turnovers, I think they can, I think they could definitely beat Notre Dame. I don't think Notre Dame's that good to where they're, you know, they're just dominating everyone. Um, but who do I trust more? I definitely trust Notre Dame more. Right. Um, you know, they've lost to some tough teams. Uh, they lost to Ohio State, played them close. They lost to Lu- at, at Louisville, where it's very tough to play. Louisville's a really solid team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Notre Dame's proven that they're a very solid team as well. They've uh, they've had a lot of good quality wins as well. So um, it's at Clemson, but I would still probably take Notre Dame in this one just because uh, I feel a lot safer taking them. I think Clemson's... They're just too too inconsistent right now. So right, I, I definitely feel a little safer going with Notre Dame. Yeah, and that's a fair uh, fair assessment of what we're looking at here. Um, and just so everybody at home is aware, Clemson's defense, as far as total defense, is ranked sixth, sixth in the country. I mean that that's still an elite defense right there, and yeah. they've probably got to be just sick. Because <laughs> they're four and four right now, I think this is why you and I were so high on them early in the season. I mean, that, that's an elite defense oh, yeah. right there. It's it still looks very Clemson esque, and we we thought that the offense had enough pieces and enough firepower to still be up there with one of the elites, and so we thought playoff team. Uh, so Clemson's yeah. defense has done its part all season, and uh, they they only give up two hundred sixty six yards a, a game. They have um, just an incredible, uh, incredible season thus far. Offensively, they're ranked 49th, 416 yards per game, which still sounds like a lot, but in comparison to some of the other offenses we talked about on this show, it just hasn't done the part. Club Nick has just made, he's been too inconsistent. Sometimes he looks like that five-star recruit. Other times he makes the mistakes that cost his team the game. Like against um, against Miami, I I honestly agreed with Dabo that he should have handed the ball off. I thought that um, that Shipley had had the route into the end zone and uh, didn't happen. So I I uh, Club Nick, I think he's going to learn from that and going forward, you know, I, he he might become a world beater because of stuff like that. Um, but I tell you what, Garrett, I'm going to pick Clemson. I'm gonna go with Clemson at home against Notre Dame, and it's. it's I, I don't. I don't hate it. 
I don't it, hate it. It's probably going to be an ugly one. I, I'm talking like 10 to 7 or 13 to 10. I Sam uh, uh, Hartman, he's great, but I just don't trust his receivers, and Clemson's defense is just elite, and Notre Dame's offense can just – if their offense isn't going great, then uh, I don't trust it. And Notre Dame's offense, by the way, is 41st in the country, so only eight slots ahead of Clemson. And I've, I've got to go with Clemson with the upset here uh, over the 12th-ranked Irish in Death Valley. Um, that is a noon kickoff because Clemson doesn't get any night games anymore. And um, right. yeah, I, I'm going with Clemson. I'm, I'm, I'm riding the Dabo train. Let's go, Dabo. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't hate it. I, I, I think Clemson definitely has a shot in this one. I think it's going to be close. Um, yeah, like, like I said, I just, I just trust Notre Dame a little bit more. I, I trust their yeah. run game a little more. Um, I think that, like I said, if it gets into an ugly defensive battle, because Notre Dame has a really good defense as well, uh, right. I mm-hmm. trust them to be able to navigate that a little better than Clemson would. But it, it wouldn't shock me um, at all if, if Clemson comes out and, and beats Notre Dame. Right. And to your point, Notre Dame, uh, their defense is ranked 11th. So they're a top 15 defense in their own right. So could be a very old-fashioned game, as we say, in Death Valley. So again, that's a noon kickoff, folks. Stay tuned. Uh, how about this one, Garrett? Kansas State at number seven, Texas. The 25th ranked Kansas State, by the way. They just cracked their way back into the top 25. Uh, Texas, they're, they're still kind of quietly humming along. You know, after that one loss to Oklahoma, they've kind of held pat. And the interesting thing with Texas, I suppose, is they have a backup quarterback in for this one. They don't have Ewers still. Um, yep. But their they're backup, you know, he had a couple of mistakes against BYU, but he still ended up kind of having a decent day. Malik Murphy, 16-25, one buck 70, two touchdowns. He did have a bad pick, but, you know, still not a bad day overall. Yeah, no, I um, Texas has been playing really well. Uh, like I said, Quinn, Quinn yours being out is definitely an issue, um, especially going against Kansas State. They're going to have a much better defense than BYU. Uh, they're only giving up 16 points a game, and it's it's going to be a tough test. Malik Murphy is a true freshman quarterback, and you know they're going to be they're going to try and rely on their run game. Um, you know. They're running the ball for 180 yards a game, and that's that's what they want to be doing anyway. So they'll they'll try to do that. Kansas State's defense is decent against the run. Uh, they're 35th in the country. They're not terrible at all, and so that's going to be the real test, I think. If Texas can get their run game going and not have to worry about relying on a freshman quarterback against a solid defense, mm-hmm. um, I think they'll be fine. But if if Kansas State can find a way to slow down the run game and force Texas into these you know, third and long situations where Malik Murphy's going to have to keep making plays, then I think that they, I think they could have a chance um, because, you know, it, Kansas state, they, they want to be running the ball offensively. They're right. fifth in the country. They're rushing the ball for 226 yards a game hmm. um, and efficiently to 5.3 yards a carry. So if they can, uh, if they can slow down Texas offense and, you know, dominate time of possession you know get that run game going right and you know i I really like their chances um if Quinn Ewers was there i would think that texas offense is going to be able to find a way no matter what i don't think they would be able to 
I don't think Kansas State will be able to slow him down, but mm-hmm. him being out, freshman quarterback, I think that really gives him a chance. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, Kansas State's going to have to run the ball against uh, a really solid Texas defense that's allowing only 3.2 yards a carry, right. uh, less than 100 rushing yards a game. So um, it's going to be, you know, an old fat. I, I don't expect there to be too much passing in this game. Both teams want to run the ball, but both teams are also very good at stopping the run. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's going to be a really old-fashioned, uh, you know, ground game for both teams. And I I could see it being really low-scoring as well. Um, so I'm not sure, really. I, I, I want to take Texas just because I think overall their defense is so solid. They're really right. solid, both on the offensive line and the defensive line. And, you know... I think their their front seven matches up really well, um, considering that's what Kansas State needs to do is they need to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's te- the strength of that Texas team is stopping the run. So I think that I'm going to have to go with Texas on this one. I was really surprised by the line on face value that they were only favored by four at home. Yeah, uh, I guess they're real. I think they're really factoring in the fact that yours is out and that that's really going to hurt them. So. I think I would almost take Kansas State plus four on this one if we're just looking at the spread. But right, um, I like I think I like Texas to win a close, low-scoring game in this one. I, ugh, I struggle with this pick, but I it's think, a tough one. It's I, a tough one. Yeah, I I think I'm gonna go with you though. I think I'm gonna take Texas simply because I think overall cumulative cumulatively i keep saying that today i think the team is just overall has more talent and that's going to carry the day and it's at home and just the elite we're talking elite talent for texas like on the outside they've got some the bet one of the best receiving cores in the country they've got weapons all over the field like uh, jatavian sanders um you're worthy worthy yep um whittington um, Adani Mitchell, you know, who has national championship experience. Um, I, I, Jonathan Brooks has been an elite running back, and I realize he's going into a tough defense against Kansas State, but I, I think Texas is also just probably going to win the battle at the line of scrimmage. That's been their calling card mm-hmm. all season. I think yeah. uh, they've they've got the recruits, they've got the talent up front, and I think that's going to give them the slight edge. Um, I, I could see Texas maybe winning by 10 at the most, you know, I, I I could see them cover just because I, I could see their defense, make it a play, you know, they force a fumble and they return it to the house, something like that. Um, so, you know, give me Texas 31, 21, and then Kansas state, you know, keeps it close, keeps it competitive. Maybe it's tied even heading into the fourth quarter. I don't know. Um, I, I, I very much respect Kansas state, but I've I've got to go with Texas in that they've they've shown the body of work they have the talent and even without Ewers I think they're just going to get it. Uh, Sarkeesian's a, a a mastermind on offense and if he he just knows he has to get it to his playmakers and let them do work and I think right. that's what Texas is going to do and uh, they come out with a win. But uh, I I struggled with that pick I, I struggled with it so. Uh, yeah, no. I, if this game was at Kansas State, I think I might take Kansas State. But, right. Um, 
Yeah, I think, and, and mentioning the weapons, I think that's a factor. And uh, I think that when it comes to situations where they do need to throw the ball, if you get into like a third and long or a fourth down situation, I I, tr- I just trust Texas offense a little more. Right. Uh, even with Malik Murphy in there, just because they have so many weapons and that can cover a lot of mistakes for a young mm-hmm. quarterback when you have so many guys, especially big guys that you can just throw the ball up to or guys like Xavier Worthy who – uh, you can just send on a go route and, or he can beat man coverage really easily. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of like it last. I just trust Texas a little more, even without Quinn Ewers. And so I've got to go with Texas. There you go. Uh, by the way, you can watch this game on Fox sports. So that probably means Gus Johnson's going to be on the call and, um, he, he is pretty boring. No, I'm kidding. Uh, one of the best <laughs> broadcasters out there. So that's a noon kickoff as well. Um, we can touch briefly on this. Oklahoma, they just lost to Kansas on the road. Tough one. Their defense looked shaky. And now they got to go on the road to Bedlam to take on Oklahoma State, their in-state rival, who, by the way, beat Kansas. Um, should Oklahoma be worried? About Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State six and two. By the way, yeah, they're hot. Um, lost two games early in the season. It's it's funny they got destroyed by South Alabama, uh, right? And then lost to Iowa State. And then, then a fan then called in and they, said, "Why do you deserve this?" Sat- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, they should have. Uh, <laughs> no, but then they went on tear. I mean, they beat Kansas State. They beat Kansas, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're coming off four straight wins. Um, yeah, they're definitely rolling, but I mean, I, I just don't see, I think Oklahoma is going to bounce back in this one. Um, don't really want to be playing them after a loss, um, especially Mm. an upset loss. I think they're going to try and come back. You know, they're very motivated now to make statements every game, uh, to try and prove that they're still one of the best because they probably feel like they still have a shot at the playoffs. So, right. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be Oklahoma state in this one. I think Oklahoma is going to come out being a rivalry game um you know i i i i have a decent amount of confidence in oklahoma in this one i think they're going to come out dylan gabriel the offense was uh not great last week um mm-hmm. they, they really didn't throw the ball much that's another question i had about last week i don't know why they refused to throw the ball again maybe the weather i don't know what it was but uh i think dylan gabriel is going to come out and have a huge uh a huge game this week um so, yeah, I, I like Oklahoma in this one still. Um, they're favored by five and a half. I think they cover. Being at Oklahoma State, um, you know, makes it a little more difficult. But even then, I just think that I think Oklahoma is too good of a team. I think last week was a little bit fluky. Uh, we saw what they did to Texas. I think Texas is still a really legit team. And, I, yeah, I still think Oklahoma is one of the best. So, right. Yeah, I'm expecting a big uh, a big game from Oklahoma in their offense this week. You know, I'm a history guy, Garrett, and I just pulled up the statistics <laughs> to this football series. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. I thought the Husky series was <laughs> was not not a good one for the Cougs. I mean, Oklahoma leads this series 91 to 19. Uh, that, that's <laughs> that's a, pretty bad. That's out of 117 total meetings. And the largest victory, Oklahoma, 75 to nothing. Granted, that was back in 1904. Longest win streak, Oklahoma, 19. Current win streak, Oklahoma. They're on a one-game win streak. So, you know, that's uh, it's a small small win streak there. But 
hey, what is that? What bearing does that have on this? Not a whole lot. But the point is, uh, I don't trust Oklahoma State's defense. <laughs> I don't know where that came out of it. I'm just looking at their uh, season as a whole, and I, mm-hmm. I just, I just can't trust their defense. I can't get around that. You know, they've they've yeah. given up 30 plus points. One, two, three, four, four or five times this season. This season. And mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma, I mean, they're one of the best defense or offenses in the country, that is. I think they are yeah. going to get back on the right track. And I, I do, I look for Oklahoma to come in and and definitely make a bit of a statement. I could see this being like a three-score game. And they, they, they're they going to want to end it early and just leave little doubt um, so give me the Sooners. They make it 92 out of 118 against Oklahoma State. Uh, mm. Yeah, and, and just touching on their defense, they're giving up eight yards per pass attempt. That's 95th in the country. Um, so like I said earlier, I, I expect a big game from Dilly Gabriel. I think he comes out and redeems himself from last week and uh, really puts on a show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for those who would like to catch that game, that will be at uh, a 3.30 kickoff. And uh, that will, oh, it only says Fubo, but I'm sure you can find it somewhere else. (laughs) But (laughs) anyways, um, moving on, uh, Ohio State at Rutgers. Uh, You know, we already touched on Ohio State, so we don't have to spend too long on this. But I just don't trust Rutgers, Garrett. I just, Rutgers, yes, they've had a Rutgers. (laughs) What could they possibly accomplish? They've had a, you know, they've had a solid season and they're six and two. So props to them. But they've also been inconsistent. I mean, we saw them play Michigan, who's a team of similar caliber to Ohio State. They got thumped 31-7. to They barely beat Michigan State, who to me is a dumpster fire of a program at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and then they'll, and they did lose to Wisconsin. That was on the road. Wisconsin's a tough place to play, but still. Uh, and then, you know, they actually look pretty good against Indiana, who just challenged Penn State. Go figure. Um, but still, Ohio State, their defense is elite. I think it's going to give Rutgers a fits. Uh, although, defensively, do you want to hear Rutgers? They're ranked ninth in total defense. Could Rutgers mm. give Kyle McCord fits? They're ranked only five spots behind Ohio State, and uh, they only give up 276 yards per game. Can Rutgers keep this close? I'm going to say no. I boring. Don't <laughs> I they do play. You know, they're only giving up 16 points a game, but their offense is just. I think their offense is not going to be able to get a single thing done against Ohio State's defense. And you know, if the question is whether Ohio State can move the ball against Rutgers, um, I mean, just look at last week against, or not last week, uh, two weeks ago against Penn State, uh. Kyle McCord had nearly 300 passing yards against a Penn State team that I think is significantly better defensively than Rutgers. Um, yep, second in the country. I, yeah, I expect uh, I expect this game to be a little bit closer to how the uh, their game against Michigan went when they lost uh, 31-7. Personally, mm. um, yeah, I just don't see them keeping this one close. I'm pretty confident in Ohio State in this one. The line is 18 and a half. I think that's, uh, I think I'd even take Ohio State uh, minus 18 and a half in this one. I think they're going to win this one pretty easily. Mm. Well, there you go, folks. Don't tune into that one. 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can if you want to. Um, and <laughs> at your own risk, <laughs> right? Uh, unless you're a Rutgers fan, we we advise against it. Um, hey, here's just because we said that Rutgers is gonna come out of that, so. <laughs> they're gonna just dominate yeah. Ohio State or something and shock the world, <laughs> and we're gonna be played on clips, embarrassed. It, it's gonna be great. Um, here here's kind of an interesting one. It, it would be more interesting if it was at Mizzou. But it's between the hedges, so I feel like it, it loses <clears throat> some of its luster. But Missouri, number 14 Missouri, at number one Georgia. Is there anything to be excited about here in this one, Garrett? Like, can Mizzou actually go on the road into Georgia and cause problems? Uh, uh, you know, I like Missouri. Uh, they're an interesting team. They've got a really good offense. I like Brady Cook. I like... Um, you know, obviously Luther Burden, one of the best receivers in the country. He's averaging 133 receiving yards a game. Mm. Um, so I think it's an interesting matchup just seeing their offense, what they can do against Georgia's defense. But yeah, I think Georgia's just such a complete team. Um, you know, we talk about Georgia gets talked about a lot about for their run defense, uh, just their defense in general, how tough it is. Right. And running the ball on offense, but Carson Beck has just been so good coming into the season. That was the biggest question mark for Georgia is mm-hmm. how would their quarterback play be? Cause we knew how solid of a team they were outside of that. And Carson Beck has been one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, I think he's been, people are talking about him a lot now. I think he's been slept on throughout the season. Um, he's completing 73% of his passes throwing for over 300 yards a game. And, you know, one of the biggest question marks for Georgia going into their week uh, last week was Brock Bowers is going to be out and he was such a focal point of their offense. How are this, right. how is this offense going to perform without him? And Carson Beck went out and threw for 315 yards, two touchdowns, no picks um, and showed that it didn't even matter if Brock Bowers was there or not. He was going to yeah. go out and dominate. So I think he's proven to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He, I think he deserves to be in the Heisman conversation and you know, they're fourth in the country in passing yards per game. Mm. You know, I mean, that's up there with, you know, we don't, we would not consider their passing offense with the likes of uh, a USC, a Washington, an LSU, but they're fourth in the country yeah. in passing yards. So um, I think that this Georgia team is just, I think they're unstoppable. You know, as much as I like Missouri, I really don't give them much of a chance. And like right. you said, it's at Georgia. So yeah, the Missouri defense just is not good enough to keep this game close right um they're giving up they're 71st passing yards per game Mm. uh defensively so and this is against a quarterback who's just found his footing you know especially last week um right i'm i'm with you and i was just on a the kingdom city podcast two missouri fans had me on Uh, and they 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 went with missouri they they thought missouri was gonna go into athens and pull off the upset and I said no comment. No, I'm just, <laughs> no, I just I really didn't have time to respond. We were running out of time and whatnot. But um, it, guys, love you. Just no, it's not going to happen. This Georgia team is complete. And I look at Missouri. You know, I, I keep bringing up these cumulative stats. They're 37th on defense, defensive rating compared to Georgia's eighth ranked defense. And then offensively speaking. I thought Missouri was going to be ranked um, a little bit higher 
offensively, but uh, I'm I'm not even seeing them in the uh, in the up oh, there. They are thirtieth. They're yeah, you they're seventeenth in passing yards uh, per game, and they're pretty efficient passing the ball. They're seventh in uh, yards per pass attempt, almost ten yards per pass attempt. So they're pretty efficient throwing the ball. Brady Cooks had a good season, but um, but against Georgia's you know, defense. Yeah, they don't have much of a run game. They're not going to be able to run it on Georgia's defense. And Georgia's secondary is just so elite. I right. think if he's just forced to throw the ball all game, I think he's just bound to make some mistakes. They're going to have some turnovers. Yeah. And, yeah, I just don't see it working out. I, I honestly could see this getting bad. Uh, you know, if like you said, if Missouri's forced into some tough situations and mistakes there because they can't run the ball, I could see this going into like a 45-24 to 24 kind of a situation for Missouri where just Georgia mm-hmm. just it it it's not it the score would look worse than it actually is but I could just see Georgia pulling away capitalizing on those mistakes and uh right. yeah Missouri's just not there yet uh, but they're head they're heading mm-hmm. in the right direction great year 7 and 1 you know not not knocking Missouri at all they've had a good year they've won some big games but um I just this isn't this is not they're not ready for a monster like this all that to right. say so yeah a fu- a, a, just a touch on georgia is the fact that you know we talk about the run defense how good it's been in years past how good it is this year they're giving up only 88 rushing yards a game but the, the, the truth of the matter is that uh teams i think they're one of the least I, I remember i can't remember the stat they're top three in the country though in the least amount of rush attempts faced teams don't even run try to run the ball against them they're actually mm. uh you know they're eighth in terms of rushing yards they're only 26, which is still pretty good, but it's not, you know, they're not in top 25 in yeah. yards per carry against. Um, so efficiency wise, teams are having, a, you know, a little bit of success running the ball against them. But the thing is, they don't even try usually because they know how good George's defense is. They, right. they barely even face the run. Um, so maybe Georgia will eventually face a team that is elite at running the ball and maybe they'll try and expose them there because Georgia's secondary is just so good. It's right. really hard to get anything past them. Um, so maybe down the line, they'll face a good running team with a good offensive line that can try and expose that. But, uh, you know, Missouri, they just want to they want to throw the ball. They want to get to Luther Burden. And I think that just plays into Georgia's secondary too well. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. Like I said before, I'm, on, I'm with Georgia easily in this one. There you go. Uh, we touched on this one earlier. Uh, the fifth ranked Huskies, they're traveling to Los Angeles to take on the 24th ranked USC Trojans. And I got to tell you Garrett, I think USC's going to get smoked this week. I against Cal, barely surviving, you know, a a, a kind of middle of the road Cal team, by the way. They, the USC last week wins 50 to 49 and they had to claw their way back into that game too. The week before, you know, it was against a good Utah team. But Utah's offense is suspect at best. They lost that one, thirty-four to thirty-two. And then we talked about them; their drubbing against Notre Dame. It seems like ever since that Colorado game, their defense has just been abysmal. Forty-one against yeah. Colorado, forty-one against Arizona, uh, forty-eight against Notre Dame. And to be fair, uh, that wasn't all USC's defense's fault. Uh, Caleb Williams had the worst game of his career uh, in that one. But uh, mm-hmm. 34 against a mediocre Utah offense, and then 49 against Cal, and now here comes the buzzsaw that is Michael Penix in this Washington offense. 
I just I I frankly think USC is probably going to lose by three scores at least. Yeah, I'm definitely with you in that I like Washington in this one. It's funny because the similar to the game before the uh, the Texas game, the line in this one, Washington's only favored by three and a half points. They've got the and it's at USC, so they've got this one as a really tight one. Um, the over under though set at 76. They expect it to be a shootout. Right. And I'm actually. I'm a little bit more in the camp that I think this is going to be a really close game. I think that really? USC's offense, uh, you know, they've been in a lot of close games. So people have kind of written them off as they're not really among the elites just because of that defense. But their offense is still averaging almost 400 yards a game passing the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, 10.3 yards per pass attempt. Um, actually, uh, that's false. That was the Washington offense. But the USC <laughs> offense is... Uh, I've got you. <laughs> yeah, okay. The Washington offense is elite as well. But I think that USC's offense is still so good. Uh, they're right. second in the country in points per game. Uh, they're averaging almost 330 passing yards a game, 9.4 passing yards per attempt. Caleb Williams is still playing out of his mind. He's only mm-hmm. thrown four mm-hmm. picks on the season. We saw the Notre Dame game. Three of them were there. That was a terrible game. But outside of that, he's only thrown one pick. Um, I think that their offense is so good that it's going to keep games close. I don't see them uh, getting, I don't see them struggling against Washington as much as they did against Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's defense is just that good. And I don't think Washington's defense is quite there yet. Um, right. So I think that they're, I think that their defense is, you know, a lot better than USC's. And so that's why I like them in this one. Um, but I think it's just going to be a lot closer. Another thing on, that I think goes in USC's favor a little bit. Washington, uh, so teams are passing the ball against them a lot because you know their offense is so good that it's hard to keep up. So they're giving up 260 passing yards a game. That's 110th in the country. Um, mm. But on the flip side, if you look at the efficiency, they're only giving up 6.2 yards per pass attempt, which is 16th in the country. So the efficiency is there on defense, but I think the sheer volume that they face with how good you know, on the other side of the ball, their offense is teams are going to be throwing the ball against them nonstop. Um, right. But they are almost dead last in sack rate on less than 3% of their uh, opponent dropbacks. They're getting a sack 132nd out of 133 uh, teams in FBS. And this is Washington. And this is Washington. They're not getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, only 10 sacks on the year. And at the same time, they're minus three in turnover margin as a team. Uh, they, Michael Penix, he's thrown six picks this year. So, and, and they don't turn the ball over a ton themselves. As far as they don't get a lot of turnover. So I think that in such a high shootout match, if a couple turnovers, I think could be the difference maker. If they're not able to get pressure on Caleb Williams, I think he's going to be able to sit back. And I think they're going to be able to put up a lot of points in this one. And Washington de- offense, I think the pressure is going to be on them to not turn the ball over and to perform at their best if they're going to want to win this one. I do like Washington uh, still to win. I do trust Michael Penix, and um, I think their defense is just a little bit better than the USC, so that's kind of what sets them over the edge. But I don't, I'm not as comfortable in uh, in Washington as a lot of people are, and I, I don't expect them to just dominate this game. Uh, I, I think it is going to be pretty. I, I like USC to keep it pretty close in a shootout. Interesting. 
You're right. I, I, I'm totally with, I think you brought up a lot of good points and whatnot. And especially the pressure rating is when you mention, I mean, the last person you want to be able to sit back and just relax is Caleb Williams. Right. So yeah. It, it, now, that being said, I would be curious to know USC's offensive line rankings because it, to me, Caleb Williams has been running for his life in some of these games. Uh, but he's still, he's still to right. his credit, able. He kind of reminds me of Russell Wilson in that way. He's able to it's hard to pin down, right? He, he's he knows what he's doing as far as escapability is concerned. I'll give him that. So, uh, in, in that sense, I I definitely see the argument for how it could be a closer game than uh, maybe a lot of fans are thinking. Um, that I and and then to another point of yours, I think the Huskies. I there may be a sense of. Oh gosh, we can't. the The pressure's all on them. We can't mess up. Whereas USC's got nothing to lose at this point. You know, everybody thinks they're a right, joke. Right? They're seven and two. True. They, uh, defensively speaking, are a laughing stock. So nobody's expecting USC to go do anything. And um, this, this to me is going to be a a character test for Caleb Williams. If I'm an NFL team, especially, how is he going to go? Mm. How is he going to respond to back to back weeks? Where it, he's basically got his hand, head in his hands. He's just, you know, a, hor- a really tough loss to Utah. He's, he just looked miserable on the sidelines. He comes out and makes statements about how he wants partial ownership of an NFL team, which is, to me, just a little ridiculous. Um, yeah, I agree. So, to me, this is a character test here. How is he going to come out against the fifth-ranked Huskies uh, when he doesn't really have playoffs to play for or anything like that? Um, it, it, it all rides on Caleb Williams as far as USC being able to compete in this game. But anyways, to your point, I, 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 I would be a little bit more open to the idea after hearing all those stats that maybe USC keeps it closer. Um, maybe 20 points. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it, it, it could be, yeah, yeah, there you go, folks. Uh, USC, keep an eye on them. Uh, as Garrett pointed out, uh, this is a, would be a 7.30 Eastern time kickoff, uh, and you can find that on... Uh, man, it's Fubo again. Fubo's the place to be, apparently. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll tough. be elsewhere. Or maybe that's that Pac-12 horrible scheduling. There you could go. could be on a Pac-12 network. Um, it could be one of those games, which is... Horrible. Know, disappointing, yeah. Yeah, that's... That. Actually, uh, it's uh, it's an ABC game. Oh, okay. On ABC. ABC. Be on ABC. Good, yep. good. I was going to say, that's the whole reason the conference fell apart. Come on, guys. Um, <laughs> okay. The big game of the week. College game day is going to be there. It's number eight, Alabama, hosting number 13, LSU. And, and boy, Garrett, you know, earlier in the season, we were just so disappointed in our LSU Tigers because we thought they were going to be a playoff team, you know. Uh, right. But they've they've really, all things considered, still had a pretty solid season. Yeah, they have two losses, but their offense is the best in the country as far as uh, total offense is concerned, averaging 552 yards per game. That's eight yards a play. Yeah, That's over 4,400 yards on the season. That's 48 offensive touchdowns. They have the number one receiver in the country in Neighbors who has almost 1,000 yards receiving, and we're only eight games into the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels is quite the talent as far as gunslingers are concerned. Um, but Alabama on the other side, man, they're impressive in their own right. Defensively speaking, especially, they're, they come into this one with a, I believe they're ranked 
18th in cumulative. Oh, wait, I'm looking at offense here. Uh, 17th in cumulative defense. Uh, they're only giving up 306 yards a game. Uh, offensively speaking, too, they've, they've you know, it, it maybe not as elite as past Alabama teams when they had great quarterbacks, but it's going to be an interesting game in that it's the battle of two styles. Bama's just going to want to grind this to a halt and run it down LSU's throat. And honestly, they probably can because this is one of the worst LSU defenses I've seen in some time. And then LSU, they just want to fire the ball over the field. Uh, I don't know, Garrett. There's a lot to unpack here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so LSU, like we said, we picked. I picked them in the playoff. We both did. Uh, right. I, they're my favorite team to watch. I love this LSU team. Their offense, it's so disappointing how bad their defense is because I love their right. offense so much. Um, I love Jaden Daniels. I think he's the best quarterback in the country right now. Mm-hmm. He would be my, he would get my Heisman vote, honestly. Mm. Um, completing 73% of his passes, 320 passing yards a game on top of, uh, he's got 520 rushing yards and five touchdowns on the ground as well. Um, 25 touchdowns, only three interceptions too. He's putting up these massive numbers and he's, and he's safe with the ball as well. Right. Um, PFF has him as the fourth highest graded passer this season. Um, and he's got wep- all the weapons in the world. Uh, you mentioned Malik neighbors, him and Brian Thomas are averaging, um, they're averaging 200 and what was that? 15 yards a game combined 20 Jeez. touchdowns on the season. Um, yeah, just unbelievable stats. They're number one in the country and passing yards per attempt, 11 yards per attempt. Um, but the thing is they can run the ball as well as anyone as well. You know, they're top 15 in rushing yards per game. Mm-hmm. Logan Diggs has 600 yards and six touchdowns. He's averaging six yards a carry. Their offense is just so good um, that, yeah, it's so disappointing how bad their defense is. I mean, it is abysmal. Um, You know, since that Florida State game, their one loss was just a shootout to Ole Miss. They gave up 55 points. Um, You mentioned Alabama's going to want to run the ball. They're averaging um, around 150 rushing yards a game, but uh, LSU's defense is giving up 4.6 yards a carry, 95th in the country. Oof. so, yeah, it doesn't bode well for them. And Alabama's defense is just so good. This will be probably LSU's toughest test uh, as far as defenses goes. So I really don't know on this one. I I want to say that Alabama is going to get it done just because it's at Alabama. If this was at LSU, I'd pick LSU for sure. sure. The fact that it's Alabama, it gives me a little bit of pause just because, you know, we saw them lose to Texas and I don't, I just don't see them losing at home twice. Right. But my heart really wants to go with LSU. <laughs> Do it, Garrett. And the Bible says, I think trust I'm going to pick always. Oh, I think I'm going to go with LSU because I just don't see, I mean, really since the Florida state game, no one's been able to slow them down. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they're able to start rolling against Alabama, if they're going to be able to put a few points on the board, I don't trust Alabama's offense to really, uh, I know LSU's defense is really bad, but they've got the talent. They've got so much talent up front that they, I, I'm going to get fooled again. I'm going to get fooled every <laughs> week to say they should be better than they are, but they should be able to, I don't know, be able to slow down an Alabama offense that's really not great. Right. Um, they're efficient passing the ball. Uh, they pick their spots, but the volume is just not there. They and they're, they're running. They're rushing offenses, 
their efficiency is not it's not great um and you know they're not good at protecting the quarterback bill rose been sacked 30 times in the last seven games Mm -hmm. and i think that if they're able to put up points then i don't think alabama's gonna be able to keep up because if they can force alabama to throw the ball on a more consistent basis i think that they're they're not gonna be able to keep up so I'm going to pick LSU in this one. More of a heart pick just because I, yeah. I, I'm a big fan. And yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with LSU. Not I think Jane so. Daniels has a... I, oh, I ruined the moment. Cut. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we can. No, 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 uh, no. Go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say, I think Jane Daniels has his quote-unquote Heisman moment and comes out and has a huge game against this Alabama defense and wins it for him on the road. Mm. in Alabama. Mm. I like it. I like it. I was going to say not so fast, but it was going to be a just kidding moment because I'm inclined to agree with you. Really? I, th- I think that LSU, you you brought up the Texas game. I went with Texas. And then people are going to say, well, wait a second, Garrison. Tech, you talked about Texas being an elite defense, and they are that compared to LSU especially. LSU's defense has had a horrible season. But if if I, I, I'm just – I think LSU's offense is incredible. I think that they are going to do just enough damage to where Bama's defense is suddenly on its heels – and offensively, I just don't trust Bama. I just don't. Th- mm-hmm. If if this was a Bama quarterback, that even if, like, even if this was AJ McCarron, if this was AJ McCarron or somebody like that, I would probably pick Bama because they were still good enough passers to where, in a pinch, they could get a first down. They could do it. But right. I just, I just don't know if I trust. I don't, I don't trust Milrow. He he's he's made some big plays, you know. I'm not I'm not trying to knock him there, and he looked solid against Tennessee, solid enough, and he makes plays with his feet. So maybe I'm going to look stupid with this pick because maybe he's going to look brilliant against LSU and throw for 300 yards and and run for another hundred, and then Bama just steamrolls him. Maybe that's the case, mm. but I just I think LSU's defense could make a play here and there that just keeps them in it. And I I think that uh, LSU is going to come out on top in this one. I think it'll be LSU, you know, 35-31, something like that. And um, I, I I just don't trust Bama's offense in general. You know, they're, they're, they're probably going to get whatever they want on the ground for some time. But if I'm LSU, I just stack the box and pack it in and say, I dare you to beat us over the top. And um, I, I, I think that bodes well for Jaden, uh, for Jaden, who's had an incredible year. And LSU's offense is averaging eight yards a play. I think uh, that we're going to see that continue a little bit here against Alabama. They do just enough, and they escape with the win. Give me LSU. Mm, I like it. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, it, Garrett, did you have anything to add before, with your heart pick before we uh, call this a show? 
Uh, you know, I'd love to argue about Michigan and how they deserve the death penalty a little bit more, but <laughs> we'll save that for another week. Well, let's at least save that for the Ohio State game, though. We, we can go in on it there. But All right, all right. All right. Well, folks, that is going to do it for this episode of Game Time with Garrison and Garrett. Uh, it, we had a lot to cover, and we appreciate you listening. By the way, if you could go out and take a look and find us on Spotify, find us on iTunes, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, leave us that five-star review. That's very helpful as we try to grow this show. Follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, if you can find us there, give us a follow. Say hello. Uh, laugh at us when our picks are wrong, whatever floats your boat. We'd appreciate it. For my co-host, Garrett Tickpin, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week.